Hey, creative, if you love the show and it has meant a lot to you, could you do me a favor? Would you share it with somebody that you care about? Your friend, your mom, your lover, whoever it is, because podcasts really are spread person to person. And I don't know about you, but the ultimate influencers in my life are my friends and family. So if all of you could share the podcast with just one person, it would make a massive difference in our creative community, grow it, and we can all help support and lift each other up and get toward our dreams even faster. So please, if you have time today and you feel so compelled, share the show with a friend. Oh, also, if you have time, feel free to like pop on over to Apple and leave it a rating and review and a rating on Spotify. Okay. Love you. Have you been through some sort of trial or trauma? When you go through something hard or painful or heartbreaking, one of the best ways to alchemize that pain is to make something, to create. My guest today did just that. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Creative with Lauren LaGrasso. I'm Lauren LaGrasso. I'm an award-winning podcast host and producer, singer-songwriter, and multi-passionate creative. And this show is meant to give you tools to love, trust, and know yourself enough to claim your right to creativity and pursue whatever it is that's on your heart. Today's guest is Danielle McPartland. She is the founder and CEO of Plate Therapy, which is a meal delivery company whose menu focuses on creating delicious, gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, and refined sugar-free meals to help those with autoimmune disease and anyone who wants to eat gorgeous whole foods. Danielle turned her mess into her message. At a young age, she was diagnosed with vitiligo, which is a chronic autoimmune disorder that causes patches of skin to lose pigment or color. After the birth of her baby, Danielle was diagnosed with yet another autoimmune condition, and at this point, she knew she needed to take action to heal herself. She decided to make a change in her diet, and in making that change, healed her autoimmune disease. The incredible change she saw in her own health inspired her to create her business, Plate Therapy. She wanted to do this so she could help others heal too and feel their best every single day. From today's chat, you'll learn the power of staying present, why sometimes a dream is only meant to take you on your journey, how to never give up on your passion, tips for the benefits of not having a business plan, how to eat to feel your best and heal, and so much more. Also, a couple things to note before we get into it. We will reference Danielle's husband, Ryan McPartlin, a couple of times in the interview. He's an actor, and he's also the co-founder and partner to Danielle in Plate Therapy. Finally, I just want to give you a quick content warning that we talk about food and eating disorders in this episode. Just wanted to let you know before we get into it. Okay, now here she is, Danielle McPartlin. We're going to rewind a little bit because I want to tell like your full story and get the full picture. So you grow up in the Midwest in Chicago, right? Quincy, Illinois. Quincy, Illinois. Five hours south. Yeah. Okay. So like close-ish to there. But like you've got the Midwest spirit. The Midwest is amazing. Sometimes what we're not great at is dreaming or allowing for people to have dreams that are outside of the scope of what would be acceptable within our community. So I'm curious for you, like having that Midwest spirit and Midwest work ethic, What was the MO in your community on having a big dream, in your family on having a big dream? And how did that affect the way you dreamed or thought of yourself as a child? 
I mean, as a child, I was a dancer. I grew up on stage in small town, though. It's nothing like in these LA dance companies, you know, but like we thought we were the shit. Yeah. So growing up on stage, those were all my best friends. I lived at the studio. We would talk big dreams about what our next steps were with dancing or performing. I thought that I could do that. And then I went to college. I went to college at KU. I was a Crimson Girl on the JV team. I made it to that point. But then I was like, this isn't exactly what I want to do. And I didn't know what my dream was, to be honest with you, at that point. I kind of walked through life in the present, and I still do at this time. Like, where my head wants to take me is where I would want to go. And doors would just kind of open. And so when... I thought I wanted to be an actress. I was at KU and I did take acting classes in Lawrence. And then I would go to Kansas City and take acting classes there. But it's a small pond, right? So you think you're doing really good. So (laughs) I could do this. So then... I was looking into moving out to New York with my friends and I went to go visit some studios there, still thinking I really wanted to do it. But man, when you get into it, it was a little bit soul crushing, like you said, only because, especially in LA, I feel like these people will climb on top of your shoulders and kick your ass to get to that next person that you might know or a job. And here I'm from the Midwest and I'm used to just being around nice girls that are my true friends. So when I got out here, it was a totally different ball game, And I didn't have thick skin to that either. So I was lucky that I had Ryan in my corner for that to kind of guide me a little bit and tell me that's the truth of this business as well. So, you know, like my whole dream of being an actress of what I thought I wanted that to be my dream got me to this place. And so then once I got out here, my dreams did kind of change. Mm. Actually, that is such a great tidbit for people listening, because one thing I had to do in this past year was I attached my self-worth to my dreams a lot throughout my life. I've always had like really strong, very specific dreams and many of them throughout my whole life. But the problem was I felt like if I got my dreams, then I would be good. Then I would be saved. Then I would be happy, which, as we know, never actually works. That's true. Yeah. So I had to reframe, OK, how can I have big dreams and not put my self-worth in whether or not they ever come true or whether or not they ever happen the way I think they should? quote unquote. Right. And what I realized is the dreams are just what takes you on the journey. So it's great to have a dream, but who you are is the best thing about you. And I think it's so beautiful that your dream is a literal representation of that. Your dream obviously was your love with your husband as well, but your dream is what brought you to LA, right? It had to get you there. And then you reassessed and said, okay, it doesn't feel right anymore. I'm going to be myself for a while and see what happens. That's exactly right. Yeah. My dreams change. And I think for being from the Midwest too, and I don't know, maybe you find this as well. LA is exciting to people, right? They always want to know what you're doing, what you're working on. Mm -hmm. So it's an added pressure. And I'd go back and I'd be like, I'm waiting tables, man. I'm working at Bandera, making a hundred bucks a night. If that, I've got nothing exciting to tell. And it was that pressure that I felt, I think, from being from a small town like that, where your town has big dreams for you too. And that's just an added pressure and it didn't work out. So it was one of those things I was like, God, was that my dream? Or was that everybody else telling me I should do this too? That's so profound. I mean, what have you found in reflecting on that? Now that I'm doing what I love to do. Yeah. I don't feel like I owe an explanation to anybody. Now I feel like it's the true me. Before I felt like it was, I was searching for who I was trying to be and that wasn't me. So I feel like now that I'm more comfortable with my own skin, I think that's with age though too. Yeah, and that's such a good point that when you are actually doing the thing that's authentic to you, 
you don't feel that cold sweat when somebody asks you what you do. You're actually just like, oh, let me tell you, I love it. This is my passion. Totally. And it's so interesting. I've never heard anybody put it that way because when you're authentic, you don't care. Like it's just another piece of your life. Right. Exactly. I wanted to ask you about that other thing you said, that you walk through life staying open. Can you tell me what that looks like in practice and what is the benefit of being that way? I don't know if it's good or if it's a bad thing, to be honest, because I feel like I don't look forward and I don't look back. I don't hold grudges and it can be a good thing and a bad thing for the business too, because as far as like forecasting and trying to figure out things that you need to figure out for the future, right? It's like, here's today. But it's not like I really am looking at where I should be 10 years from now. Mm -hmm. It's not like I'm looking at who I should be or who I want to be. I don't even know how I'm like this, but it has set me up where I don't get disappointed. I don't hold grudges for things that have happened in the past. I don't get caught up in that bullshit. You know what I mean? It's like, I kind of just walk through life. And I actually asked a grief counselor, Ryan was working on a movie and I was saying, how I think I just live in the present because I don't have a lot of memories either, which is wow. really weird. Yeah. It's really weird as well. And she was like, it was almost like a coping mechanism. She's like, it's a great outlook because I'm positive on everything. Honest to God, like I walk through life and my glass is always half full. I see the positive in everything. That's why Ryan is always like, I married her because of this, because every day she wakes up and it's always sunny in Danielle's world. So yeah, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing though. I mean, it certainly sounds more enjoyable than how I think most of us walk around consumed with anxiety, thinking of regret with the past, wondering what's going to happen in our future and worrying about it. Right. I know this is natural for you, but could you try to give a tip on how we can drop into the present moment and into organic optimism like you have? You know, I've surrounded myself with people that I think are like-minded in this sense. Like my ladies that I work with, we're a female-run business and I hire based on energy too. If somebody doesn't have experience, it doesn't matter to me. I can always train that. I hire based on energy because it's the type of people that I want to be around to make an environment the way I want it to be. So I think it's kind of who you choose to be around. I think you have to put yourself in the driver's seat and you surround yourself with what you want to fill your head with. Mm. who you want to be around. My friends, we've kind of had a slim down over the last 10 years. We've cut the bullshit. We've cut the drama. And so I think doing that has allowed me to kind of live in my happy place at all times. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. We have stress. You know what I mean? Financially, being married to an actor, it's all over the place. My business right now, being in the food industry is kind of all over the place too. But my baseline on a daily, I would say, is like an eight and a half. Okay, so let's get into plate therapy because you have an incredible story of turning your pain into purpose. Can you take me through the moments leading up to creating this incredible company? What was the inciting incident for what you're doing now? So I developed vitiligo when I was in fifth grade. It's loss of pigment, so you can kind of see. So that was my first autoimmune condition. When that started happening, man, it was like wildfire. It literally just white all over my side of my legs, up my legs, on my face, all over. And it was in the middle of summer and I'm dark skinned. So I was trying to hide it from my mom. And it was really funny. Kara, my best friend that set me up with Ryan, I showed her it was in Midwest, middle summer and I'm wearing jeans. She's like, why are you wearing pants? I'm like, Kara, I've got these weird spots. I think if if I knew 
it was something that could have been bad. I was afraid of facing it and admitting I had it because then it makes it a situation, right? And so she goes, I know what that is. That's dandruff under your skin. Let's go to the grocery store and get head and shoulders. Put it on there twice a day and it's going to go away. I was like, all right. So I did that. I tried it. Didn't help. Continued to spread. So I finally, I told my parents and took me to the dermatologist. And they're like, you have vitiligo. It's an autoimmune condition. But there was nothing talked about back then about diet. They didn't know. I'm 47 and I was 11 when this happened. So how many years? I'm terrible at math. So I can't even tell A few years ago. (laughs) So fast forward. I started doing treatments for that. An ointment. I'd stand in a booth and they controlled it with steroids basically. So then go to college and it would spread and it would go away, spread with stress and go away. So every time I would have something new, it would spread and I would treat it with ointments and everything else, the light, and then it would kind of, you know, go away. Moved out to LA, we get married, I have my second baby. And then all of a sudden, like I'm in just a fog. Dylan is about eight weeks old, complete fog. First of all, my weight's not going away, which is weird because, you know, after you have a baby, you should start shedding some of the weight. And my hands were super swollen. I had no bladder control. Ryan was like writing notes all over the house and would say things to me. And he was super concerned because it was just like this blank stare and I'm holding this baby and it's like something's off. So fast forward, I go to my vitiligo doctor out here. It's called the Vitiligo Institute in Los Angeles. If anybody has vitiligo and you need Dr. Grimes is the best. And she did blood work on me. And so we're walking into Disneyland and all of a sudden she calls me. She's like, stop, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm just about, my kids are going to go meet Mickey for the first time. And she's like, no, you're going to the ER. And she's like, do not drive because you have the risk of falling into a coma. That's how off my thyroid numbers were. Oh my she's like, do you have thyroid disease in your family? And I was like, not that I know of. So now this is my second autoimmune condition. And I knew how much like I felt like shit. So I go to the ER, they start me on medicine right away to bring my numbers back down. And I was like, what is happening? Like my body's trying to tell me something here. And the doctors just kept wanting to put me on steroids and they never got to the root of the cause. So I started doing a lot of research and found now I have two autoimmune conditions and likely I'm probably developing my third if I don't make a lifestyle change. So did the research, found out that cutting the gluten, the dairy, the processed foods, refined sugars, soy out of my diet. And I started losing a lot of weight. I started getting my energy back because I was sleeping. I was getting in the gym. I got into the best shape of my life. But it was funny because being from the Midwest, I mean, we grew up on spam. Oh, yeah. We grew up on every, every casserole. Yes. <laughs> casseroles, you know, green bean casserole with the cream of mushroom soup and all of that stuff that's just ultra processed foods. So after cutting that, everything just started getting better, more clear in my head. So I got into really, really great shape. And then I was studying to become a personal trainer because I loved being back in the gym. And I happened to be going on a girl's trip and Lisa Propes was sitting next to me on the airplane. And we just kind of, you know, started talking and she's married to Jeff Propes from Survivor. Yes. And so she started telling me about her stomach sensitivities and how she struggles on a daily. She's like, well, what do you do? And I said, I cook 90% of my meals at home. I cut out all the crap and I work out. And she's like, well, Jeff's going to be home from Survivor. Would you cook for us? And I was like, this is my year of saying yes to everything. 2015 was my year of the yes. Had you decided that? You decided that. Okay. I decided that. I was like, I'm not going to say no to anything. Anything that walks through my door, I'm going to say yes. And so this was my first yes. And then I posted my food. This is before Instagram 
I think it was just on Facebook and I didn't say who I was taking it down for. And within a week, 10 people were like, can you do this for me? What do you, who is this for? You know, and I was like, I can do this. So I had all these clients that had conditions like mine, like Lisa's, whether it was stomach sensitivities, whether it was arthritis or alopecia or whatever it is. And I was like, there is a need for this. And it's not just me. I wanted to help people. I started this because I was like, I would hear, oh my gosh, you have no idea how much better I feel. My stomach feels better. You know, same results I had. I've lost the brain fog. I've lost weight. And I was like, it made me tick. This is what I want to do. And so I really got into it. And still to this day, it's like, I've never taken a paycheck. I don't count my success for this business on the money that we make. It's really on the amount of people I can help. Wow. So that's kind of how Plate Therapy was born. And then the name Plate Therapy came from these clients and they still to this day have my number. I'll give them my number. And if they're like, I want to stay on what we do, I'm going to Vegas. You know, I'm like, screenshot me the menu and I'll make your modifications for you. And so in a sense, I became the plate therapist of food so I can help them out there because I'm not a therapist. I'm not a doctor. I've never been to culinary school. I'm not a trained nutritionist at all. I'm just, I've been my own kind of my experiment and what's working for me. There's a lot of people else that needed that same help. Well, pain and experience are the best teachers, I think. So yes. Yeah. And you know, I mean, that's what you're leading with. You're not claiming to be a nutritionist. You're saying this worked for me. Maybe it will work for you. If you want to try it, here's how I love so much about this story. Let's go to your year of yes. What does a yes feel like in your body, because this is something that I like to give people tools on, because I think that there's something that happens inside of us when we know something is for us. What does a yes, a proper yes, feel like in your body when you know you're in flow and you're supposed to do it? I get beyond excited. It's like, I want to tell everybody about it because if it works for me, if I feel good and I want to spread the word, I'm not one of those that hit, you know holds it. And I'm, this is my little secret and I'm not going to tell anybody it works for me. I'm going to tell everybody about it. So the yes, if I feel that it's going to make a difference and help, I get super excited about it. And, you know, I'm going to tell everybody about it. So I think a yes just makes me ecstatic. I feel like I can't sleep. Mm. Well, you know, when it's like my wheels start turning. And when did it start turning over what you're doing from being like, oh, yeah, I could do this for a couple of people to, oh, wow. Okay, wait, a business is happening. What's going on here? When did that start happening and how did you move on from there to build it? Well, I will tell you this. We didn't do it the right way because we just, with the saying yeses, doors just kept opening, whether it was clients. And then I had a chef that reached out to me. He was like, I just moved to Santa Clarita and I'm a chef. And so, you know, Ryan met Thatcher and then his wife, Michelle, she was actually a big fan of Chuck, the show that, uh -huh. that Ryan was on. That's kind of how we connected over that. And so... Thatcher and I would go between his house and my house cooking for the clients at the beginning. And then we grew. So we got our first commercial kitchen. So that opened up. And that was crazy that we found this commercial kitchen in Santa Clarita that we could pay for by the hour. It's $25 an hour. So we hire people to come in. We would literally cook everything, pack everything, put it in the delivery bags, and it would go out. We'd start delivering that night. And we were going every single direction in Santa Clarita. And you were doing it yourself. You were delivering or did you have people doing yeah. that? Wow. No, I mean, me, Thatcher, anybody, we're scrambling. Quickly outgrew that kitchen. Another door opened just right up the street. And that's the kitchen that I'm still in today. But we never had a business plan. It never felt like we were really starting a business. It mm -hmm. always felt like we were kind of like just scrambling. Oh my God, this is working. So we're going to do this. We're going in this direction. Oh, you want vegan? Okay. Yeah, we could try some vegan stuff. But then we were like, 
I don't do vegan. I don't eat vegan. So like, you know, I had to figure out how to really hone in and stay in my lane. And we're still figuring that out to this day. I feel like we're still kind of chasing our tail seven years later after going through the pandemic. And then now with inflation and food costs and everything else, and we're in like uncharted waters too, that we've never been in before. And it's been a bit of a struggle, but we're always trying to figure it out. I want to get into that because I think, you know, your story of perseverance is so inspiring. But to circle back to the not having a business plan, I want to know from your perspective, what has been the benefit of that? Because I think sometimes if you can trick yourself into thinking something isn't a big deal, you can deal with it a lot easier. Like I moved to LA without thinking. That was the only way I could do it. And then I had a mental breakdown like a month in driving back from my improv class, driving back over the hill on Barham Boulevard being like, what did I do? I moved here without thinking. So it sounds like you've had some moments like that within your business. But if I had thought about moving to L.A., that's insane to move to L.A. from the metro Detroit area when everything you know and everyone who loves you is here. It's an insane proposition. Thank God I didn't think about it. And I figured it out when I got there because otherwise I never would have done it. And that's the truth. People are always like, how do you do everything that's on your plate between family, Ryan's career, running this business, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I just don't think about it. I just do it. You know what I mean? Because if you think about it too much, I'm going to have a freaking breakdown myself because then I have to be rigid about things. Right right now, you just kind of roll through it and what comes my way, I'm going to deal with it. So I feel like, yeah, you're right. Ignorance is bliss and not having the plan. We've done it our way and that's how we've done it. And whether that's worked great for some things or not worked, because I think going into it with having a business plan and having those things ironed out, we would have probably brought investment on in the beginning. So we would have had to answer to other people. You know what I mean? So, yeah. but that could have been a good thing too, because we've never taken investment. It could have been. But I will tell you this other thing that my friend Mitra, who's an incredible spiritual advisor, she's actually LA based. You should meet her sometime. But oh, yes. she says, when we regret, we're assuming the best possible thing would have happened if we'd made that choice. We don't know that. Like, on the other hand, if you took the investor, they could have totally corrupted your vision and driven it into the ground. Like, you know, maybe it was like you were meant to foster this thing and take it as far as you possibly could alone. And then someone comes in still with you being the majority shareholder and you can still craft it, but with their guidance. Absolutely. I like that. Yeah. It seems like to me it was for the best, but I will ask you this because I think we always have advice when we make those decisions without thinking because we have to, so that we can actually do what we're meant to do. So What is one mistake you made in the building of the business that you would like to prevent another business owner from making? What would you have done in hindsight? One, like my team of girls that I've hired, I would not change that. I'm going to tell you two things. The first thing is they're my family. And so I'm in there just as much as they are. And what's great about it is if somebody needs time off, they've got to go get their kid early, whatever it is, we're all moms in there. But it's also hard to be a boss because we have more of a friendship. For me, I wouldn't change that because I love every single one of my girls, but that has been difficult. The second thing is right now, I'm still an employee of the business. I'm not running it like the boss just because of where the economy is right now. And wellness is kind of the first thing to go, especially in Santa Clarita. I think people, when there is a pinch in the economy and they're like, am I going to spend it on wellness or am I going to spend it for my kids to put them in sports and have private coaching? They're going to go with that route. They're going to stop taking care of themselves. Wait, I forget what my point was on this. I think what you're saying is 
you are handling too many things right now. So you're not able to think big picture because you're like in the thick of the micro parts of the business versus you're not able to zoom out and be in the macro parts. I'm working as an employee right now because I'm doing every position. I'm delivering what I need to deliver. I'm in the kitchen. There's a lot of places I'm trying to save on labor right now. So I am working as an employee in a lot of places where for me to get this business to move forward, I need to get out of all of those positions and run it from Mm. the boss standpoint, you know, and we'll get it back there. It's just where we are right now. I'm trying to keep all my people employed and sales are down just because wellness. I mean, everybody I've talked to that's in this industry as well, you know, we're trying to figure out how we can pivot to build the sales. And so we've got some ideas that are not just necessarily saying in meal prep, but kind of thinking outside of our own box. And yeah, I can tell you about that too. I would love to hear it. I mean, I think I would love for you to speak on this right now, actually, because for me, when you say wellness is the first thing to go, it's so interesting because if you don't have that, you don't have anything. If you don't have your own wellness, how are you going to take care of your kids? How are you going to take your kids to the soccer coach? You could maybe, maybe you can like string a few things together for so many years, but eventually that resilience you have in your youth is going to peter out if you don't take care of your body. So tell me why, even in tough economic times, We should not skimp on wellness and taking care of ourselves. Why is this an important thing to invest in even in tough economic times? For one, and we've been really trying to push this because so many people are going to, they think they're cutting the corner and saving themselves money by going to fast food restaurants Mm -hmm. and Taco Bell, Chipotle, whatever it is. And, you know, my kids will still go to Chipotle and whatnot, but the ingredients when you're eating out are horrible. First of all, they use canola oil, even at Whole Foods, every dressing and sauce they make, they use canola oil. Canola oil is actually banned in Europe because it has uric acid in it. And my dad has gout. That's what causes gout. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like in Europe, the ingredients are totally different. In America, people think that they're saving money by going to these fast food restaurants or they're going to the cheaper food or the ultra processed food. So they're going to end up feeling like shit going to the doctor, spending more money on that, where I'm trying to educate people and let them know we use olive oil for all of our ingredients. All of our chicken is no hormones, GMO, you know, top of the line, beef is grass fed. We're a veggie base. They're very balanced meals. And our meals are $15. There's no tip, no tax on our food. You're not going to find better quality. Now the salmon is 20, but like, you're not going to find better quality, even cooking at home. Cause there are times when I eat out and I'm like, it actually would have been cheaper for me to eat out than to get everything I need to make my own meal. Yeah. But that really puts things into perspective. Yeah. So people need to keep their wellness. That's what they don't understand. Like, especially with plate therapy, it's not as expensive as they think. You know, we're starting to do training table meals for kids, for these athletes, more family style meals so they can eat as a family too. And it's not going to break the bank and they're not having to cook. They're not having to chop it and shop it and spend the time doing that because people are busier than ever now. So I think definitely keeping their wellness. And I can be a little bit guilty about this too. We don't even eat out anymore because we know the quality that we have. So we only eat our food. I mean, I think it's been probably about three weeks since I've eaten out and that was Chipotle because we cook everything here and the kids love it. My son also has vitiligo, my oldest son. So he's pretty strict with his diet with eating gluten-free and dairy-free, no refined sugars. 
what I was saying is I'm guilty about is right now I'm so busy that it's hard for me sometimes to make myself a priority and go to the gym. But even just getting out and moving your body, walking mentally, I have to do it. I have to make myself a priority. And then I've got the food in check. Otherwise, everything's going to fall apart. You know what I mean? It's just, it's a vicious cycle. That's why we launch challenges all the time where people can hop on and we walk them through. We keep them motivated. We teamed up with Marnie Alton. I don't know if you know who she is. I do. My friend, Jesse, who's a jazz singer is very close with her. Jesse Palter. She's been on the show before. She's really cool. But she taught me about Marnie and I know that she like sweats profusely when she does the workouts and says it's the best thing ever. Yeah, she is awesome, man. Her energy, just everything. I want to do more with her in the future. And we're talking about that. But I feel like if people could just look at the big picture of the wellness and of the food Mm -hmm. and educate themselves, if they actually look at ingredients and know what they're eating, it's going to be a game changer for them. So I have a question for you, because I'm somebody who struggled with eating disorders in the past. I think like a lot of women have either eating disorders or disordered eating. And anytime I've gone on an extremely restrictive diet, it's put me back in that mindset. So I get like a little weird. That's how I would describe it. And then I have a hard time getting out of it. And then I end up dropping it because I don't want to feel that way again. How can people like me, if we've struggled with this, and want to eat foods that make us feel better. But for some reason, like the restriction of it is making us feel a little weird and get into that eating disorder mindset. How can we get toward, I'm doing this to help my body, not because I want to be skinny, because I can't be motivated in that way anymore. It's not healthy for me. Mm -hmm. We believe in going to a party and enjoying yourself and having tequila and wine. And as much as like next day, go work out and You're not setting yourself back. It's life. So I feel it's about balance. Mm -hmm. I feel that, I mean, all of our meals, you know, people are always like, we want keto or we want the latest trends. And yes, we'll offer some of those meals. But I would say probably 80% of our meals are very balanced as far as the fats, carbs, and proteins, just because I don't believe in that. I have dealt with that in the past as well. I went on like a special K diet when I was in high school. Oh, me too, girl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In middle school, I did it. I don't know. But like everyone in my middle school was on it. We were doing the special K diet. We were doing slim fast. Like there were things that would cycle through the schools at certain times. It was just so disordered. I mean, it was like I was bulimic for a while. But then it transmuted into these other things that weren't quite like anorexia or bulimia, but like we're still very fucked up. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And it's so weird because it was like people were noticing and that felt good. Like I was like, I know. Oh, you're so skinny. And then they're starting to get concerned because you're too skinny. And I was like, is that a good thing or bad? It's so right. It's up like in the choose. Head. I had a teacher come up to me in middle school. And she was like, are you anorexic? I actually was at the time. Like, this is so inappropriate. I was like, no, I eat fries. Just like a little FYI, if anyone's like, I eat fries when you ask them if they have an eating disorder, they do. But like, how do you focus on the health part of it versus like the body image part of it? Because that feels like dangerous territory for me. And it seems like you really are doing it from a health point of view. Like, how did you flip your mindset? Because I think for me personally now, it's not about looks. It's how I can live my life and my days feeling the best I can mentally and physically. I want to be strong. I don't want to be going through life dazed and tired and short-tempered. I want to have good energy, which you get from the food. I want to feel healthy. I want to be strong. I want to be mentally present. It's not about being skinny. 
I think it's just about feeling your best, you know what I right. mean? So that you can live your life the best you can. Yeah. So I want to be a grandma. I want to be running with my grandkids and feeling good when I'm older too. So I just feel like I want to take care of my body inside and out. And that's what at Plate Therapy, we believe, you know, real food, real change. You can do this through eating real food. Real you know, good it's not food. the, what were the like snackables or the, oh uh, with the fake, Snack it was wells. all the fake. Snackwells. Yes. All the crazy nasty. What a throwback. Oh my yes. gosh. They were disgusting. I remember they sold them even in college in the vending machine. Yes. And my roommate Sarah would always get them and be like, I got my snackable cookies. I'm like, ugh. They did taste like chemicals. So no, it really is about that. That's something I've tried to realize is like I eat now and I think, how does this feel? I actually like ask my body, like, okay, like, did that feel good? And if not, try to lessen that food and then increase the ones that do feel good. Your body's not going to lie. No. You eat something and you know, you know, it doesn't. If you're tired 20 minutes later, or if it's, you know what I mean? If you're like, oh man, my stomach is killing me. It's directly from food. So it's like, you got to look at what you're putting in your body. I want to get into how you fought to keep around plate therapy. Cause I know that there was a moment when things got really difficult during the pandemic. Right. And you almost gave up, but then you said, no, there's something here. We have to fight for it. Tell me yeah. about that and how you decided to keep going. If you're a fan of this podcast, you know that one of the best ways to get out of writer's block, negative self-talk, or any sort of creative rut is to get out of your routine and try something new. Julia Cameron calls it going on an artist state. Others call it embracing your inner child. I call it being a multi-hyphenate and being someone who's genuinely curious about and interested in life. And today's sponsor, Renaissance Club, helps you get out of your routine and try something new. They're the first ever membership service to help you try new creative things without any planning, scheduling, booking. They take care of everything for you. Each month, you're going to have a new mystery experience. All you choose is the date, and they handle literally everything else. The research, the booking, the registering, and yes, even the cost. That means you will receive a surprise email telling you what you're doing, where to show up, what to wear, and all the other info you need. For less than $80 a month, you get to try things valued at over $300. Things like archery, skydiving, pottery, blacksmithing, meditation. And I've been doing Renaissance Club. It is so much fun. Timmy and I have actually been doing it together. The first time we went out to see an improvised Shakespeare show, and I swear to God, I know this sounds corny, but it helped us fall deeper in love because there was so much surprise, spontaneity. We were laughing together. We were experiencing something that neither of us really had any idea about. And we also got to do silk art. It is so beautiful. It's an ancient art form. Can't recommend it enough. Renaissance Club has really been helping me get unblocked, unlock new passions, and I think you're going to love it. Right now, Renaissance Club is offering 50% off for the first two months for my listeners, which you can get by going to renaissanceclub.net and using the promo code LAGRASSO50 at checkout. That's promo code L-O-G-R-A-S-S-O-5-0 at checkout. Yeah, there's been several of those moments. I just know the amount of people that we help on the daily, whether they're cancer patients that are needing to eat our food, our clean food, or a busy mom that just needs help eating healthy. And I can't let it go. I just can't, I can't stop. I had somebody say to me, you're one person away. I don't know who that one person is, but I feel like we're so close to getting over the hump. And I just believe in this business so much. I know that food has changed my life and I know how it has benefited me and my family and I see how it helps other people. That's the one thing that stays in my head. It's 
financially, it probably would have made sense to close it, you know, four or five times, but I'm just like, I can't, I can't do it. I have to keep going. So it's just the willingness. I just want to help people. Yeah. Well, it sounds like there's a spark in you that's not even close to being dimmed. You know, when you have that drive still and you can make it work, you have to because it is true. We're all just one person's belief away from us achieving the thing that we so deeply desire. And it's such a great example. So where are you at now with the business and in what ways are you hoping to grow in the near future? So we've been exploring options with Ryan being on set. He's like, set catering is crap. And he was like, you know, a lot of times these guys that work set catering, they're getting shitty food. They're working 15 hour days. All productions start with the crew and it ends with the crew. We need to be a company that can provide good, healthy food on set. So we're trying to go in the direction of more set catering and getting in and making sets healthy. And the other thing is we're going to try to go a little more digitally. So Ah. because we are in such a small pocket in Santa Clarita, we have so many awesome recipes that I want to do. Do you know who Amy Porterfield is? Sounds familiar, but I don't think I know her. She does a whole digital online program that helps you build a digital program where you can offer classes and whatnot. Ah. So that way I can offer and build like meal plans with recipes and offer it to people all over the world. There's some people that are like, we wish you could open up in Kansas City. We wish you could open up in, you know, San Francisco, wherever it is. That way I can reach a lot more people with just our recipes, a recipe book, that type of thing. So we're trying to maybe go in that direction. And then it's not food costs I'm worrying about so much. That way it's another stream of income that I can come about on digitally and then not have to stress so much if I have 100 people eating my food this week or if I have 50 eating the next week. It's inconsistent right now. So we're just trying to find some stability, something that would work and and stabilize up. I had a thought, you know how you said people were texting you and asking you, what should I get here? This is what's on the menu. Like, what if you offered some sort of subscription service where people could maybe not text you, but like reach out via email and ask you, okay, I'm going on this trip. These are the places we're eating. What should I get at all of the places? I love that. I think it's a great idea. You know? Yeah. I feel like there's so many different ways you could monetize it. Even just saying, I was going to ask, like for people listening, like what are your recommendations on what to cut out now? It sounds like canola oil for sure. Get it out the door. For sure. Yeah. The canola oil, the refined sugars out. And I know it seems hard. We have the best baked goods, but there's other alternatives that are lower glycemic sugars, you know, the coconut sugar, date sugars, those kind of sugars that you can cook with. And yes, it may not taste as sweet, but I love it. We drink. I'm a tequila person, but cutting out like the sugary calories in your drinks, you know, the juices and whatnot, and just kind of going for more clear options. When you go to a restaurant and a lot of people are like, like my father-in-law is, I'm ordering a Caesar salad, <laughs> thinking he's being all healthy. I always tell people, whatever they're ordering, if you're ordering a salad, dressing on the side, try to go with a balsamic. Mm. You can always ask them to simply grill your fish with olive oil. Any restaurant will do that. Every restaurant should have olive oil, but a lot of times they'll just, you know, slap on the crappy canola oil and you can get it simple grilled just with like, you know, a little olive oil, salt, pepper, veggies. You can always get steamed, but you don't even have to go that strict. I tell people, if you can fill up on the good things first, get yourself house salad with balsamic. A lot of the Mexican restaurants now offer veggies or jicama chips where you can get jicama with your guacamole. There's options there that you can, or you can ask for. Yeah. I think something else brilliant that you're doing is partnering with someone like Marnie, who's also, I mean, 
Marnie's big, but she's still building her business. Yep. It's what we call cross promo and podcasting where you have find someone with a similar audience who's not doing the exact same thing as you, then do a promo swap for each other so that their audiences are now aware of who you are and vice versa. How did you think of doing that? And are you going to do more of these kind of partnerships? I love it. Yes. Yeah. I definitely want to do more. It's so it's so fun. And I feel like it builds a lot more excitement. And I think that's an awesome component for people that one don't know Marnie. Marnie is amazing. Her energy, her workouts. I mean, I love it. I always tell people like her energy jumps. She feel, it feels like she's right there in your living room teaching that class because she's so fun. It doesn't feel like a workout. You know, it's super fun. But I think partnering with that, with a workout aspect, especially with plate therapy, we're also partnering with Little West, who Andrew Walker and his wife, Cass, he's a Hallmark actor okay. and they have a juice company with an awesome story. So we're going to start carrying their juices and offering those as well. I yeah. love the wellness space so much. And I wanted to go back to something you said earlier. You talked about how you hire based on energy. I love that. I always say you can't teach somebody how to be smart, how to work hard, how to be a good person or how to care. Anything else yeah. you can teach. What is the energy you need to feel when you're hiring someone and how has that served you? It has served me great. And I've learned along hiring a few different things. I don't hire kids anymore because it's very, very difficult to find. It's sad to say, and I know that there are some out there and I'm hoping, you know, my kids, you know, you try to teach the work ethic and all that. And it's very difficult to teach either God or you don't. And there's a lot of kids these days that just don't have it. So that's one thing that I don't hire kids. Even when I felt like I had a good connection and good energy, I, a lot of times it's referral basis, you know, if Elisa is a mom out here and she's like, she works for me and she's like, so-and-so, you know, asked, and I'm like, well, bring them in. So a lot of times it's a personal reference and then they know about our business. If they're interested in health, we had this delivery driver who was amazing and he ended up all through COVID. He had a rough batch. We really did help each other out. You know, he started eating plate therapy. He started swimming. He started getting in better health too, because he was around that as well. I don't have a picture in mind of what it looks like. I just know when somebody walks in my door, the way they smile, the confidence that they have, it's more along those lines than a preconceived knowledge. I think it's a personal basis. I love that. And then my final question for you is, if someone's listening right now who's in a similar stage with their business or whatever their creative output is, maybe they're an actor too, maybe they're a singer, maybe they're an entrepreneur, and they have had some setbacks, but they really believe in their mission. They believe in what they're doing. They know it needs to be out in the world. They're the one person away like you are. What would be your advice to them and why? Just keep going. I mean, like I cried watching the Oscars. Did you watch the Oscars? Oh my, I cried like a baby too. Oh my God. The whole show was amazing. But when, what's his name that won for best actor? I don't know how to say his name properly, so I don't want to say it, but he won for best actor and he was in Everything Everywhere All at Once and he has this incredible story. It took him like what, 40 years or 25, 30 yes. years? And, and his wife just said, keep going, keep going. Because she knew. It's exactly what he wanted to do, and he couldn't see himself doing anything else. And so that's how I am with plate therapy. I know that I am meant to be doing this. And yes, maybe it's not panning out right now financially, but that's not what's important. Important to me is spreading knowledge about food, making people healthy. So I would say to anybody that is struggling, should I quit and do something else that I'm maybe not as passionate about? If you know you can't live without what you're doing, if you know you're doing is what you need to be doing, what you're meant to be doing, just keep going. I mean, like, 
I wouldn't be happy doing anything else. I know I wouldn't be satisfied. I mean, I could go work a desk job nine to five, but I would be so unhappy. So I'm very passionate. And if, if you guys have that passion and that drive, just keep going. Don't quit. One person away, one person away. You never know when that person's going to walk in your door. So true. If you can say anything to yourself, like any little word of encouragement to yourself right now, because you have put so much of your heart into this and continue to every day. What do you think you need to hear and want to hear from yourself? Funny, because my girlfriends went into 2023. We said, we're going to put the bat down on ourselves. We're going to stop beating ourselves up mm. and comparing ourselves. We're older now. And so we decided this is the year to put the bat down and stop being so hard on ourselves enjoy life. The one thing that I do sometimes get in my head about is because I didn't go to business school and I'm not a nutritionist, I don't think I'm smart in those areas that I second guess myself. Mm -hmm. And so it's the disbelieving thoughts, put those away. Like I've got to believe that I deserve to be here like anybody else, you know? So I think to get out of my head and realize that I've been doing this for seven years and this is what I'm meant to do. So, yeah, you know, yeah. And you healed your own life and Gosh darn it, you're going to heal others. Danielle, thank you. This is beautiful. Thank you. I'm so honored to be on. Thank you for listening. And thanks to my guest, Danielle McPartland. For more info on Danielle, follow her at Plate Therapy Kitchen and her personal Instagram at Danielle McPartland. And you can visit her website, platetherapy.com to learn more about the meal plans they offer. Thanks to Rachel Fulton for helping me edit this episode. Follow her at Rachel M. Fulton. Thanks to Liz Full for the show's theme music. Follow her at Liz Full. And again, thank you. If you like what you heard today, remember to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Share the show with a friend and post about it on social media. Tag me at Lauren LaGrasso and at Unleash Your Inner Creative, and I will repost to share my gratitude. Also tag the guests at Danielle McPartland and at Plate Therapy Kitchen so she can share as well. My wish for you this week is that you can live in the present like Danielle spoke about. And remember, you're only one person away from achieving your dreams. I love you and I believe in you. Talk with you next week. <laughs>